Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at Mercury retrograde in the sign of Gemini. We're going to take it through all 12 signs, so this will be a sun and rising horoscope edition of Mercury retrograde, but we're also going to talk about 10 themes to watch for with all Mercury retrogrades and um, try to give you a little bit deeper understanding of what Mercury retrogrades are all about. Um, so that is our that is our agenda for today. Before we dive in, remember please please like and subscribe, share your comments in the comments section, and click on the notification bell for updates. Um, transcripts of my talks you can always find on my website. I try to make sure that we give that accessibility to people who may prefer to uh, read the transcripts of the talks. So you can check that out. The new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics, starts on June 5th. Uh, we are coming up on it really quickly now. And uh, you can check it out on my website, nightlightastrology.com. The year two and horary classes also start June 11th and 12th. If you are interested in horary astrology and have familiarity with things like dignities and you're already sort of familiar with traditional astrology, then be sure to check out the horary course as well. You can learn all about it on the courses tab. For the main course, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, the year one program, this is a one-year course in ancient astrology. It is a uh, really beautiful program with tons of really cool features. Uh, we have 30 online webinars for the year that I lead on Sundays from noon to about 2 p.m. Eastern time. The classes are two to three hours long, so sometimes it's 2 to 3 p.m. that we end up finishing. There's breakout study sessions in between led by tutors, an interactive group forum discussion staffed with tutors throughout the year. You can email me. There's a lot of bonus material like quizzes and flashcards and optional reading assignments and um, even additional lectures that I record that you can watch outside of class. Um, so it's a really great program filled with a lot of support. Um, you get lifetime access to all the recordings. You can download and keep them. If you can't attend live, everything's recorded. Uh, so great program if you're looking to take your study of astrology deeper or even start a practice. We have a lot of people who come out of the program uh, ready to practice for other people. You can look at this and check out the enrollment options at the bottom. The early bird payment is the best way to save. You're going to save $500 off if you pay up front. There's also a payment plan if you need it where you can stretch it out over 12 months. And then we do have need-based tuition. So if you can't make the price point of the program because you're on a fixed budget, uh, we totally understand. We don't want to make astrology inaccessible for people. So take advantage of that. Um, we do have a limited amount of those. There are, there are still openings for those. So uh, you know, feel free to submit an application if that would help you out. All right. Well, that is what we, uh, now that I've gone through my announcements for the day, I'm really excited to dive into Mercury's retrograde. I'm going to pop up the real time, pop up the real time clock in a second. But just to review, Mercury is turning retrograde in the sign of Gemini. This is something that happens approximately three times a year that Mercury goes through a retrograde cycle. It is the quintessential planet of retrogrades, and so a lot of um, a lot of the time, what I feel like I'm doing around Mercury retrogrades is educating people and sort of separating the static from signal, so that people aren't walking around with a bunch of superstitions and they understand what Mercury retrogrades are really all about. So we're going to do a little bit of that today by watch, talking about what retrogrades are and um, the kind of 10 themes that often come up during retrogrades. And not just these themes, but why. Okay, so uh, that is what we are going to do. Some interesting notes is that on May 19th, Mercury's retrograde will create a sextile with Jupiter in Aries. I'm, like, I'm in Aries apparel today. Uh, my new um, uh, schedule of creating content has shifted a little bit. So oftentimes you might see me with a hat. If you see me with a hat, it's in like in Under Armour. It's because oftentimes the only time I can record comes right after I come home from working out at the gym. So 
<laughs> so that's kind of like sometimes you're going to be like, well, does the chuta suddenly like a sporty spice or what's going on? That's that's the story there. So, but lucky you, you get to see me in fun colors and looking all sporty. <laughs> so anyway, on the 19th, Mercury will sextile Jupiter and through its retrograde, that's a very powerful moment within the cycle. So these are just notes for everybody so that you know, it's like, it's not just one thing. Every Mercury retrograde cycle is different. And there are some key moments in every Mercury retrograde cycle that you want to kind of circle on your calendar. We will be talking about this date in particular because it's a very powerful uh, sextile that Mercury retrograde is making to a recently ingressed Jupiter in Aries. On the 21st, Mercury will go through its Kazemi with the sun. That means moving through the heart of the sun at the same degree while the sun is moving into a sextile with Jupiter, another very powerful moment. There's a lot of the feeling of resetting after solving problems. And we kind of talked about that in yesterday's video, if you watch that one. Um, June 1st, Mercury, right around June 1st, when, about, when Mercury gets approximately 15 degrees away from the sun, it makes its first appearance as the new star, whether that's an evening star or morning star. It needs about 15 degrees of separation before it becomes visible again. So right around the beginning of June, Mercury starts appearing as a morning star. That's also a really big moment within the cycle. Not all parts of a retrograde cycle are the same. Let me tell you a story. So recently, I had, um, you know, it was a, a client and uh, a client that I've had for a while. And she, she knows actually quite a bit about astrology, but this is what she said coming in. She was like, you know, um, isn't it kind of not a good idea to sign a big new contract under a Mercury retrograde? And like, shouldn't I be careful of that? She was receiving a contract for a job. Um, like she has a company and she was receiving like a contracting uh, gig for her company. And so she was looking at the contract and being like, well, I'm getting it right as Mercury is stationing and turning retrograde. She was like, so I, I probably shouldn't sign it under the retrograde, right? And I said, well, like, tell me, you know, like, what's your concern? She was like, well, you know, I have to have my attorney look over the agreement and possibly propose, you know, any changes that I have and then give it back to them. And if they are okay with it, then I'd be signing while Mercury is retrograde isn't that a bad thing? And I was like, no, that's actually perfectly expressive of a Mercury retrograde. The contract comes in as Mercury is stationing. You look over it and make some revisions to it, counter propose a new uh, idea of the contract, potentially. They look at it, maybe they counter propose and you go back and forth a little bit, or they just accept it. And this new revised contract ends up being the one that you're signing. That is totally typical of a Mercury retrograde. And it's not that you can't do things under retrogrades. It's not that you can, it's just that you have to be aware of, um, especially when Mercury is stationing to turn retrograde or direct, that's when you really want to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, when Mercury is actually in the midst of a, a retrograde, it's not like, oh, just don't do anything. Um, it usually there's usually going to be one of the following 10 themes that we're going to look at now that are likely to come up. After we do this, after we look through the 10 themes, we're then going to take Mercury's retrograde in Gemini through all of the sun and rising sign horoscopes. So that way you get a feeling for where this retrograde is heading. Normally, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily do a, a Mercury retrograde horoscope because I don't I don't always think that they're the biggest deal in the world, to be honest with you. I mean, they can they can, you know, be chaotic for a little bit or whatever, but most people have bigger things in their charts happening at any given moment. And in the sky, there's usually bigger things happening than a Mercury retrograde. Like Mercury retrograde periods are very common. They're not, it's not like they're this, you know, big, crazy thing. I think it's funny that Mercury retrogrades are one of the most popular ways that astrology seems to have made its way into the mainstream a little bit more though. And 
I have some interesting thoughts about that, but I won't go off into the woods with that right now. Um, but the the um, you know this one to me stands out as worthy worthy of discussion because it is happening as Jupiter is entering a new sign in the midst of eclipse season, um, and when that's happening, then the context is a little bit louder. Uh, it, it makes the retrograde a little bit louder. So that's why we're going to look at it and give you a sense of where it's landing in your chart right now by sun or rising sign horoscope, whatever you prefer to listen to. <clears throat> but here are the 10 things to watch for. And actually, before I go into that, let's just clarify what is a Mercury retrograde. In case you don't know, Mercury is turning backward in terms of its movement through the zodiac from our perspective. It never actually turns backward in the sky. It's a kind of optical illusion that's created based on our reference point here on Earth. Um, you could actually you can actually look up if you YouTube what is the Mercury retrograde. There's some really wonderful astronomy videos that explain it. I, I usually don't like the the videos because they're always like stupid astrologers think that Mercury is going backward. You know, it's like we're sim we're symbolic thinkers. You know, we uh, we look at things happening in the heavens in terms of signs and omens. And so when they turn backwards from our perspective, we're just reading that as a symbolic omen that mercury as an omen is always speaking and now it's speaking a little differently because it's slowing down stopping and turning backward we pay attention to that as symbolic thinkers so it's a little different than us being you know just hamstrung by our own you know scientific inadequacies <laughs> so anyway mercury appears to turn backward in the sky as it does so it moves typically from you know from the evening star position where you can see it after the sun has set and its retrograde begins, and then it falls down into the western horizon, disappears underneath the beams of the sun, and eventually emerges again as a morning star uh, in the evening. Or in the evening, that would be a, that would be a really interesting phenomenon, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, so Mercury will then rise as a morning star just before the sun rises in the morning. Uh, that total transformational process of Mercury going back and forth between evening star and morning star. That typical retrograde is going to happen like three times a year because it's a very fast moving planet. Um, so we get to watch that dance. Uh, and it is in for that reason, because it retrogrades so often, Mercury is it, it is Mercury is paradigmatic of what retrogrades mean across the board. Every planet's retrograde takes its meaning from what we say about retrogrades of Mercury. Um, because it's all essentially following the same kind of pattern. Uh, even though, you know, it's a little different for, say, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn than it is for, say, Venus or Mercury, who look very similar in their retrograde patterns. Anyway, one of the ways of thinking about it is that a planet is always moving through the zodiac in uh, in order, in zodiacal order, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, like that. When it is moving uh, in zodiacal order um, through the sky, it's also moving um, in its own secondary motion. Right? So everything moves through the sky from east to west, rises in the east, sets in the west, and the planets cut against the grain of that very slowly against the backdrop of the zodiac out in space, moving from our perspective from west toward the east. And that's called those, the difference between the primary and secondary motion is actually some of the most interesting, um, you know, th those are some of the most interesting metaphysical foundations of the entire field of astrology, uh, which we cover in my course in depth. It's really interesting. Um, the, the, there are these these two different kinds of motion in the sky. There's the diurnal rotation, you know, the Earth rotating on its axis, and then there's the planets moving the opposite direction of that rotation against the backdrop of the zodiac. 
there were those were deeply philosophical they had deeply philosophical meanings associated with them in like you know platonic hermetic uh philosophy and so forth um when a planet turns retrograde it suddenly appears to be moving backwards which means rather than moving from the west toward the east it is now moving from the east toward the west which means it appears as though it's swept up in the primary motion or diurnal rotation um so that had really that that carried a lot of significance for ancient astrologers who had these deep metaphysical um meanings attached to those motions a planet moving in its own secondary motion against the grain of the zodiac for example has a certain kind of agency it's like a god who is in charge of a certain uh, quadrant of human affairs or like a certain domain of consciousness and its archetypal properties sort of rule over that area of human consciousness and um and and weave the unfolding of certain kinds of fates now that's the will of the gods and the archetype these archetypal fields that move and create the seasons of life and that that are reflected here in the experiences that we have so when a planet turns retrograde it is as though temporarily its agency and its own uh its own sort of independent authority is suddenly subverted or uh it, it loses that authority or it's it's as though a higher power is taking over taking the wheel or it it's either you can think of it as losing its power or as some greater power suddenly taking the steering wheel from the the normal agency of that god and that's why there, there's so many diverse in very creative meanings that have been associated with retrogrades over time. For example, a planet that is suddenly lost its own agency and is being pulled backward by a force greater than itself, uh, the diurnal motion is always faster than a planet's secondary motion, could be associated with revision. Something happens, and because something happens, it forces you to have to revise your plan, right? So the agency of god is being correlated with our sense of will and control over a situation in which case the god loses its agency and it was sort of a picture of the god losing its control and suddenly we have to revise things because something comes up that's beyond our control okay so that's where that comes from we have reversal a planet going backward can suddenly mean that we were doing one thing and now suddenly we're doing the opposite thing so a reversal of fate or circumstance is also associated with the planet turning backward. And then you can apply that reversal to any area of life. And you also have to remember that reversals are sometimes very good and sometimes very bad. It really depends on context. For example, you want to see a tumor reverse course and stop growing and shrinking instead. You know, So it's not like reversal is always a bad thing. Reversal of circumstance or fortune or fate can be very good. Again, it depends on the planet, the house, the context of your natal chart, and so many other things. It can mean that there are delays. Uh, retrogrades are often about, well, I was moving along, and I was moving from degree four to degree five, but then I got stuck. You know, the planet literally stops moving in direct motion and goes backwards before it can finally come forward and move beyond where it got stopped. And so... You very commonly, you will see people under Mercury retrogrades reporting delays in traffic or delays in, you know, it's like um, delays are every day, right? But th these have the, the flavor of like a, t a wild twist of fate where, you know, suddenly you have, uh, you're stuck on the tarmac or whatever for three hours, you know? So delays, that there can be delays. And it's not that the delay happens for the entire retrograde. It's usually that there'll be the, the retrograde effects are most pronounced when the planet is stationing, stopping, and then 
slowly turning backwards. That's usually where you see that theme of delay or a sudden twist that reverses something. It's almost always right as the planet's stationing and turning retrograde. Uh, closely related would be number four, breakdown. Something has been going forward like a car, but then it stops, in which case something could be understood as breaking down. Uh, for example, in Horary, when someone asks, will the patient die? If you see the patient, their signifier is a mercury that's about to station and stop moving. That can very literally be a sign of the breakdown of their life force and the stopping of their vitality meeting death. Anyway, <clears throat> not to be morbid, but number five, going back on something. So I'm going to do something and then all of a sudden you say, nope, I'm not going to do it. You, you change your mind. It's kind of like a reversal, but there's a sense of like pausing before you do something and deciding not to do it. That's very common under uh, the, especially the stations and the time when it's just turning retrograde. Um, returning to the past. Retrogrades as they move backward can also be about going back over something, which is why you have revision, but also why there's that theme of potentially moving back in time. Number seven, as the Mercury moves from more evening star into morning star, it is becoming more masculine in its orientation. An evening star tends to be a more feminine Mercury. Um, a morning star Mercury tends to be more masculine, generally speaking, regardless of what sign it's in. So as that phasal dynamic transforms for Mercury, you will often see Mercury start through the process of a retrograde, start to choose rather than to be assimilated or... Um, a part of some kind of uh, social coherence that Mercury will try to separate itself and stand apart, the maverick, the renegade, the, the heretic, or anything or anyone that stands apart and stands alone. And that's more of the masculine. For example, in ancient philosophy, the masculine were associated with the odd numbers. This is like standing apart in the quintessential masculine mode of independence. We're not talking about masculine. This is in everyone, right? It doesn't matter. Gender or sex should not be taken literally in this case, right? We're talking more like yang. So standing apart, standing alone, separating oneself out. That's often the process of a Mercury retrograde from evening star to morning star. And remember, the morning star appearance where you might notice you're starting to stand apart a little more would be June 1st, thereabouts, a few days before, right around there. Um, as Mercury appears as the morning star, that's when you're going to notice that, okay, there's been a process and suddenly I'm, I'm needing to stand apart, speak apart, think apart somehow. Number eight, the start of a transformative process. As Mercury goes retrograde and through the whole cycle, sometimes you'll see I'm, my mind is changing, but it's a process. A set of circumstances are changing and there's, there's some meaningful transformation occurring. And that's just a generic way of talking maybe about reversal or revision or something like that. Number nine would be giving up what's been gained. As a planet goes along through the degrees of the signs, you could think about it as Pac-Man gobbling up little pellets. <laughs> and as the station happens and Mercury goes backwards, suddenly Pac-Man is barfing out the pellets that he just swallowed. So there's always been a sense of retrogrades, especially for example, when Jupiter turns retrograde, ancient astrologers sometimes say something like, the that which is gained will eventually be lost or given back. Um, that's not. Don't go worrying about that if you have Jupiter retrograde in your birth chart. It just it's just an example. There's lots of other examples that can be fitting for a Jupiter retrograde. But the potential of a planet going retrograde to give up what it's gained. That's one potential. Uh, 
And number 10 would be twists of fate. Just generally speaking, things that come up and it feels like a hand larger than yourself intervenes and just flips the script somehow. It's very common of retrogrades in general. Okay, so I hope that that has given you guys some good things to think about with respect to retrograde planets overall, but also this they all come from this Mercury retrograde cycle as the Mercury being paradigmatic of, of all retrogrades in a, in a way. Well, what I want to do next is look, let's run through the 12 signs. Let's take a look at all 12 sun and rising sign horoscopes. And I'm just going to have one key word for every sun and rising sign so that you can get a sense of where any of these themes, whether it's breakdown, delay, reversal, twists of fate, where they're happening, where to watch for them. Uh, that alone is usually enough to really, you know, help people to um, navigate the retrograde. <clears throat> All right, so you can see the um, you can see on the screen uh, the chart, and we're putting Aries rising first. So we're going to talk about the signature based on. Uh, you can and you can do this for sun or rising. Okay, so if you're sun or Aries, sun or rising. We're going to see Mercury in the third house, which is the place of the mind. So you're thinking about mind, speech, communication, technology, breakdowns, reversals, shifts, and changes in that area. This is a good time to just pay attention to what kinds of thoughts you're having or how your mind and your thoughts are changing. Um, let's go ahead and put Taurus on the ascendant. If we put Taurus on the ascendant, then we're looking at Mercury's retrograde in the second house. That's going to be associated with your resources. I'm a Taurus rising, for example, and right now we're having to uh, figure out a little bit of um, paperwork for uh, our business because we moved from Maryland to Minnesota and there was uh, one little a piece of the registration of the business that we apparently forgot to do. So we're working with our CPA to like it. It's, it's very, uh, thankfully, it's not very stressful and that's probably in part, knock on wood, due to um, Mercury being in its own domicile and not particularly malefic, uh, you know, in this case. But anyway, um, <clears throat> you might have to make changes around money, business, resources, a new philosophy with how to deal with money or, or your business offerings. Um, you know, so looking at the house of money and resources to see where that reversal, revision, those unexpected changes might be coming. Now, again, one of the most positive things about this, um, this particular Mercury retrograde is that Mercury's retrograde is in its own domicile, which means it's protected from the beams of the sun. It's called being in your own chariot. And because Mercury is in its own sign, the closer it gets to the sun, the normal combustion status, which would make potentially really be hard on Mercury, is more protected because Mercury is in its own sign. That's why I was saying probably a little bit less of a challenging Mercury retrograde, not just for myself, but for lots of people because Mercury's got that being in its own rulership quality right now. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and put Gemini on the Ascendant. Now for Geminis, this is in your house, uh, the first house, which is the place of identity. Now it could be physical appearance and body that you're concerned with right now. It could be your actual mindset, your way of thinking. Uh, deep existential changes or even superficial appearance, uh, changes to your appearance would be what you're looking at right now. How am I changing as a person? How am I changing how I present, how I think, what 
is natural to my psychology. These are some of the main concerns for you right now as uh, a Gemini. And you have it's it's these are probably really going to be really helpful changes that also coincide with questions about where you belong socially because of the combination of Jupiter being in the 11th that we recently talked about in the Jupiter and Aries horoscopes. Anyway, uh, let's put Cancer on the Ascendant. And with Cancer on the Ascendant, you're looking at uh, worries. That's the key word that I have for you because Mercury's retrograde is in the 12th. I would say that it's pro it's likely that you might be worrying about things that you really don't need to worry about or that you're looking at the phenomenon of worry in your life and whether it's really healthy for you or how you can deal with worries or fears or anxieties uh, in general. So I, I look at this as like a, a, for cancers as a month of like getting to a healthier place mentally and emotionally by looking at what tends to worry you that um, you can maybe... Um, develop a better relationship with, you know, working through anxieties and finding new coping mechanisms. But I think a lot of Mercury retrograde in the 12th for Cancer Risings as the, the things that tend to make you anxious or the things that make you feel overwhelmed mentally and emotionally and maybe getting in touch with them a little bit more this month. All right, let's put Leo on the Ascendant. So for Leo Rising, the, the key word that I'm using is allies. Mercury's retrograde in the 11th house, a place of friends and groups and allies. And so with Mercury retrograde in that house, I wonder about shifting allegiances. Who and what am I loyal to socially? Who are my people? Where do I align socially, professionally? What kinds of colleagues are good or healthy for me? What kinds of friends or uh, groups of people do I belong to culturally, religiously, politically, professionally? And, um, you know, are they good for me or not? I think there, there's some potential for change in that house or revision or uh, like, like twists of fate that serve a, a really good purpose this month. All right, let's go on to Virgo. If you're a Virgo rising, this is going to fall in your career house. So the key word that I have is career. You're looking at a, um, here we go. Oops, it's kind of an awkward circle. Let me redo that. There we are. So Mercury's retrograde in your career house. Now, this could mean that there are, you know, things that are changing in the workplace, within projects that you're working on, within, you know, your relationship with management or your boss, your title or your, your um, the responsibilities or your workload, or even something more broad, like what you feel called to do in general. I could see this being a time where you choose to shift direction somehow or there are some twists of fate or some delays or something like that with regard to things you're working on. Um, just be patient with the process because, <clears throat> again, I think uh, with, the, with the Mercury making contact with Jupiter this month, if there are problems that arise for all of us, the contact with Jupiter and the fact that Mercury is in its own chariot, to me, suggests that positive solutions and problem solving will be Kind of like available for everybody so if you notice that in your career just hang with it um all right let's go to libra rising for libra this lands in your ninth house so the key word i have is belief mercury's retrograde in the ninth house may have you questioning your certainty about so oh, i was very i felt very certain about something that i believed um or that i put my faith in and now i'm questioning it so any kind of um, meaningful inquiry skepticism doubt investigation, uh, a changing of your mind and your higher guiding principles, 
um, a, a change or shift of interest in terms of your your you know your intellectual interest, what you're reading or thinking about, um, and also maybe uh, something coming back into your life that you were interested in previously uh, as a as a form of thought or study, something like teachers coming back into your life, teachings that make a reappearance. These are just some different ideas for you to consider. So that's for Libras. Let's go on to Scorpio. If you're a Scorpio rising, then this falls into your eighth house. And the key word that I have for you is contracts, soul contracts, emotional contracts, financial contracts, marriage contracts, the contracts that come to us through um, sometimes, you know, relatives or grandparents passing away, keeping it light here. But anything that binds you to other people and are you revisiting or revising different kinds of contracts that you have in your life right now? Are you trying to get out of them? Are you, is someone betraying a, a contract or an obligation? Um, are you freeing someone from a debt or burden that they owe you? Or are you being freed from one? I, I wonder about how things are shifting with regard to the deeper contracts, karmic contracts that you have with other people right now. And I could see them changing quite dramatically um, with Mercury's retrograde in the 8th. Now, um, I think, again, like the potential for shifting soul contracts, let's call them, to provide you with new resources or provide you with something to help you out of a jam is also indicated by Jupiter being in your sixth house. That's something we visited in the Jupiter horoscopes. All right, <clears throat> let's move along to Sagittarius. So for Sagittarius, the key word is relationships. Mercury is retrograde in your seventh house. How is the nature of your relationship changing if you're married or in a, you know, in a committed relationship or of any kind, or maybe multiple relationships with, with Mercury and Gemini, maybe you're, maybe you've got three boyfriends, but, but either way, how, how are you being asked to change or how are other people changing in relation to you? So it's all about, um, the, the shifting sands in the house of relationships right now. Now, those could be business partnerships. They could be people coming back from the past. There could be unexpected twists of fate regarding any kind of close relationships or partnerships that you have right now. And the, the thing is, is trust them. They're meaningful. And there's also questions here about joy and what brings happiness with Jupiter in your fifth house at the same time. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's place Capricorn on the Ascendant. So with Capricorn on the Ascendant, the word that comes to my mind is labor. Here, Mercury is retrograde in your sixth house, a place that was associated with hard work, sweat, blood, and sacrifice, the tears that we put into things that we care about. So I wonder, are your loyalties changing? Um, what do you care about? What is worth sacrificing for or on behalf of and what is not? Are you changing how you work? Are you learning to work smarter? Are you working more effectively? Are you coming up with ways of, of uh, working or finding resources to aid you so that you don't feel as exhausted or frustrated? Are you finding a new way of dealing with an old problem? Um, these to me would be Mercury retrograde in the sixth. I've seen so many times when people come up with creative solutions to recurring stressors. So that would be maybe one of the best things that could happen here. But also, how are you working? What are you working on? Are you working smartly? Do you care about what you're working toward? Is there some revision that could happen to make that to make things easier on you or to solve a problem or to ease a load or something like that? It's also about what kinds of sacrifices you feel are worth making and which are not. 
So the keyword is labor. I think I could have used the word sacrifice as well, but we'll go with that. So for Aquarius rising, the keyword is creativity. Here Mercury is retrograde in the fifth house. And I often find that this comes up when someone who is creative by nature finds a new way of expressing that creativity, a new medium, a new form of technology, a new design, uh, implementation of a new skill or craft or trade. So I like this for creative types in terms of some original creative idea that needs to express itself somehow. I could also see this uh, retrograde being about the question of joy and pleasure. And is your mind a part of what brings you joy or is your mind something that overanalyzes and tends to get in the way of experiencing a kind of creative flow state, whether that's just doing fun things or that's creating things or that's at work or in your relationships? Is the mind helping you or is it tending to um, get you uh, overly anxious and stressed to the point where you can't enter into some kind of flow. The fifth house was called the house of good fortune and the joy of Venus, the goddess of flow, the goddess of creativity, the goddess of color and art and sensuality. Mercury was a natural antithesis of Venus in some ways because Mercury tended to be a bit more rational and less sensual. So how are the rational and sensual dimensions sort of you know, communicating with each other right now? I think it's probably important for Aquarians. All right, let's put, last but not least, let's put Pisces up. And here we are looking at, and you can kind of, actually, I'm just going to, so the keyword is home. And I'm actually going to remove this so that I can circle home on uh, Mer Mercury in the fourth house here. So home is the key word. And you can see Mercury in the fourth house right there. Mercury retrograde in the home house can mean I'm going to flip a property or I'm going to, redesign, uh, you know, re shift the furniture around or do some feng shui in the house or so something about your living environment, you could be, be making a meaningful changes that better suit um, that better suit you around your home or your living environment that create a greater sense of ease or stability or flow. It's a more intelligent design of the, the, that private space where we seek security and refuge and um, kind of that that resting place. So how is that changing? Changes in the family, changes, karmic twists of fate that arise around family members, around home and family. Sometimes Mercury retrograde shows up in the fourth house when someone is unexpectedly pregnant or gets some bizarre news they weren't expecting around home and family. Sometimes you'll also see uh, people deciding they want to move or relocate or they change their mind about where they're living or something like that. Um, so watch for changes around home with Mercury's retrograde in the fourth if you're a Pisces rising. So that takes us through all 12 sun and rising sign horoscopes. Remember, you can listen to any of those for, uh, you know, you could listen to your sun and rising if you wanted to. Um, I really appreciate if you like and subscribe and share your comments, especially if you have a story to share, please use the hashtag grabbed and then tell your story. We aggregate stories. And occasionally, as you guys know, I do episodes where I share the stories from these transits that you guys have lived through. And they are some of the most memorable and exciting episodes that we do. Um, I also just want to remind you that the new class starts on June 5th. Check it out on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Don't forget the need-based tuition option is there. Early bird rate is there. If you have any questions about the program whatsoever, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. I hope to study with some of you guys soon. We're starting very quickly now. And uh, yeah, I've decided I've, I'm committing to red with Jupiter and Aries. My commitment is to the color red. <laughs> 
No, for real though, I, that sounds crazy. It sounds like I'm just joking, but actually I just realized I did a purge of my closet and I realized as I was purging my closet that I had to, I was like, everything that I was picking seemed to be very reminiscent of Jupiter and Aries to the point where I was like, wait a second, let's not, let's just be careful that I'm not just like, my wardrobe isn't just being grabbed by Jupiter and Aries. So, <laughs> but I do feel more excited about the color red. So uh, that's what I've got for today. I hope you guys are having a good one and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye everyone.